Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tats Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Adam Hoots. He's a lean construction shepherd and TEDx speaker. Adam, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely, Tats. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of yours. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. I, you know, I know you're deeply involved in the construction industry, but I mean, was that always the plan? <laughs> uh, it was always the plan of my father. Yes, I don't know that it was always my plan, though. I, I kind of just stumbled into the experience, and boy, has it been an interesting one. Yeah, I mean. It, I'm mean, I trying to paint a picture. I mean, what what was kind of the moment that you realized that this, you know, what you were, the original path you were on wasn't working? <laughs> so I remember the moment specifically, actually. I was standing about knee deep in a pile of muck that had corn floating in the top of it. It happened to be sewage, repairing pipes. And I was on my way home that evening in Orlando, Florida, in the middle of summer with no AC in my car that I just had a lack of respect for myself, right? And that was kind of the moment that was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And so, yeah, my father had this plan. I think that was actually part of his plan, like put me in the the trenches and make me do some really, really hard work in order to drive me away from the trades. And so from there, I went to college and and then, you know, continued to progress from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, you you talk about, perception or I think as as in the trades, I mean, how how do we improve that? How do we improve the perception? I mean, you improve the perception by having a better perception yourself, right? By internally saying the work that I do provides value to society. And once you have that internal respect, I think that external respect comes pretty natural. Yeah, for sure. And I know that, you know, you're You've teamed up with many other sort of thought leaders in doing that. How have you sort of cultivated that? Because I know the community is a word that gets thrown around a lot, just like a buzzword, like the next marketing thing. But um, and you've successfully done it with, with your group. What does it take to build and grow a community? Man, that's a loaded question. And I'm, I, I, can, can we be more specific on the community that we're talking about here? You've connected with a lot of uh, thought leaders and cooperating together to try to get, uh, bring positive change to the construction industry. Not a- everyone is able to cultivate that sort of relationship. It may have been organic, but are, are there c- certain things you've done or learned along the way in terms of creating some critical mass towards change? Yeah, I think it's that, like asking and aligning around the mission that you just stated, right? Like, who doesn't want to see a better construction industry? I think we can all agree and align on that. I think where we start to splinter and separate is how do we want to see that get done, right? Some people are like, hey, lean construction, or some people are like tack planning, or scrum, or last planner, or this or that. And really, in the end, it's like, How are we removing the burden from the workers who are doing the work? And when we can focus on that from an improvement standpoint, 
there's really nobody that cannot agree with that purpose. And so I think that's the first thing is like, hey, what is the purpose? What is the mission? And all aligning towards that same goal or that same target. And then once we do that, it's it's really simple. It's, you know, as they say in the No BS tribe, just show up, right? Just show up, be transparent, be vulnerable, be willing to have an uncomfortable conversation, be willing to learn something and have your mind changed. And when you can do that over and over and over and over and over again, you build consistency, you build reliability, and that ultimately builds trust. And then once you have trust, man, then you're really on a roll. And then you can start having some of that healthy conflict, as Patrick Lencioni taught us. And then we can make commitments and hold each other accountable for results. And so that's really, you know, that's how you do it. That's how you build a community. That's how you make it happen is, is you invest yourself, you be fully intentional, you be strategically intentional about developing trust within a group of people. Yeah, for sure. And you said it starts with uh, being vulnerable and sharing. And it sounds like staying at a higher level, not getting into the weeds on exactly the how, but just, the, you know, coming together as a the larger group uh, at the higher level, finding the common ground first before you get into the, you know, the, the what's. Be open to the what's, right? Be yeah. flexible because somebody else is going to have a better idea. Somebody who's got their hands on the work all day, every day, is going to have way better ideas of how to improve the work than you do from your office and wherever you are. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you talked about vulnerability. Not everyone's comfortable with that. They view that differently. Is that something you had to work on or did it come naturally? It is something that I've had to work on. I, I say that jokingly a little bit because you and I have started to have this relationship over the emotional bungee jumpers, which like shout out again, Jesse, my boy, Chewy, old Chewy, Chewy. But so, and when you ask, so I'm going to be critical of you. Like, it's hard for me to like continue to like, if you ask me a question, I'm caught in this, how vulnerable do I want to be with Tats right now? Should I just answer his question? Like, yes, it's hard for me. Or should I like, yes, it's hard for me because, right? That's this level of connection that we have. And because I know you, I want to dive deeper, but I'm going to start like challenging you now, if that's okay. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Give it to me. So yes, yes, it is challenging for me to be vulnerable. Yeah, that, that was the yes or no answer thing. I hear you. So what have you done to get better at vulnerability? Oh man, what a, ooh, that's a fantastic question. So one, I get beat up by Jen and Jess. I used to be on the regular. It's not so much on the regular anymore. I'm disappointed in that. I got to figure that out. Since I got sick, we've kind of cut that off and I got to, anyway. But so Jen and Jess used to beat me up on the regular. I think I've developed a, a candid relationship with Buddy Brumley. I think you know Buddy. Um, that emotional bungee jumpers group. Holy crap, has that helped me it's interesting because the exercises that we do are all for the coach. Like, how do you ask better questions and no solutionizing and no solution shanking and all that. But in reality, I'm over here like, man, this is free therapy for me. Like they're working on their questions and I get to like, like talk somebody's ear off. And so I think that group alone has helped me. Um, I still struggle, right? I'm still like, I was raised by an old school yelling, screaming, throwing hard hat superintendent who is now converted to an IPD approach of collaboration and all that. But again, I was still raised from the perspective of do this, right? Like get in that trench and fix that. I don't care what that muck smells like. And so, um, yeah, I think uh, 
Uh, did I answer your question there, Ted? Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's fantastic. But exactly what you said earlier is that you know how do you ask better questions? It's something that I'm trying to do more of and stuff like that. What is the vision for what you're trying to do? Like, how can you? How do you tangibly measure it? Yeah, I think, man, I love that question too. You're full of good questions. Heck yeah, bring it, baby. So I'm a co-founder of the Skilled Trades Alliance. And our mission with the Skilled Trades Alliance is to help trade workers have as much pride in their career as they do in their work. And so when you think about like an electrician or even a pipe fitter or whatever it is who runs like their mains in here and then they drop them down and they make a perfect 90 and they come over to the wall and they 90 down, right into their source and it just looks so crisp and clean and beautiful. You know, I'll catch trade workers leaning back and just admiring the work and I know what they're doing. But then when somebody asks them, like, what do you do in your career? They're like, oh, I'm, I work in construction or I'm a pipe fitter or electrician. And it's like, no, we want like, that's the vision is like, I have all this pride in what I do and you should see the way I run 90s and you should, like, I have all this, and, and your data, like you wouldn't be able to connect to your Instagram or your Facebook right now if it weren't for the work that I did and those beautiful pipes that run down the wall, or you'd be really hot right now, or it would not smell so hot in here right now. Like there are all these things that I think society takes for granted that trade workers really deliver and, and bring value to. And so that's the vision is like, hey, this is what I do and I'm proud of it. And I know this world needs me. We can get into some of the mental health statistics that are out there, but they're astounding. And, and, and this all leads to the answer of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes, it does. Now you're doing your PhD right now. Tell me about that. Man, why would you do that? <laughs> so I don't know if it's maybe just construction, but maybe not. I think construction is the only industry when you get your PhD, they might lose a little bit of respect for you in the industry. <laughs> so don't tell many people that, Tats. Uh, I am. I'm doing my PhD here at Clemson. Uh, I don't know really what to tell you about it. I'm trying to get through my master's. Hopefully by this summer, I've actually got a meeting at two o'clock my time to uh, talk about getting through in the summer. So we'll see how that goes. Hold your breath. Don't or don't hold your breath. Cross your fingers. And so, yeah. And then plus three years from when I graduated my master's, I'll have my PhD. So uh, I've I'm gotten to teach a class here at Clemson this year called construction scheduling. And I've taught these youngins. Uh, I taught them personal clarity. I taught them time blocking and time boxing. And then we talked about CPM. Then we hit tact and last planner. And actually, uh, Felipe taught them Scrum. Uh, Kevin Rice with, with Lean Tact taught them tact planning. And Jordan Christensen with Intact taught them tact planning. And then Jesse came and taught them Last Planner System. And so these kids have no idea like how awesomely prepared they are for the industry. I mean, they know things the industry doesn't know. And I keep telling, like, warning them, like, you can't go out there and just say, all right, we're going to do a tact plan because they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Um, but so, yeah, so I, I've just, uh, man, I just rambled a bunch and I forgot your question now, but I thank you because it was an awesome one. <laughs> I forgot my question too. A lot of what you're doing, you know, involves change management. How do you approach managing change? Little pieces at a time, right? Like if, if you're working with a team and you try to change too much, they're going to one, think you're crazy or two, think that it's too much work and their other way is better. And so the trick is like, how can you get in there and make these little minor adjustments here 
and here and here. And then the system starts working a lot better. And as a leader, that's tough to identify. That's why asking good questions is really part of it, right? Because then you get people to open up and you get people to ramble on and forget the question and then just go right to like, this is the freaking problem that we're experiencing, no matter where your question was. And so it's, it's just that, right? Like making those small changes in the system and knowing you don't have to do everything today or all in one day, but you have, you know, you have time to make changes to make things better. I think that's, that's the mind. Like we don't have to change it all in one setting. Is there anything that you, you find yourself telling people that, you know, that you commonly, you commonly come across? I know you don't want to solutionize, but. Can I tell you something I don't really tell people when I come across? Absolutely. Love that. So I am a kidney transplant recipient who is recently back on kidney dialysis in need of a kidney. And so, again, that's not something I open up to many people about because then it's like an avalanche of questions. <clears throat> so, yeah, how about that? Does that work? Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I mean, you, you, you practice what you preach, right? Being vulnerable, willing to share. That's the first step, as you, as you mentioned. Yes. If you know somebody on dialysis, it sucks. That life is miserable. So go and love on them. Go say a prayer for them. Just do whatever you can to make their life a little bit more comfortable because it sucks. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Adam. Thank you for listening to the Specified Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash tats talks for video of today's podcast hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com